ancestors on the wall, let the ghosts chit chat. Ancestors on the wall, let the ghosts chit chat. Let the ghosts chit chat. Hey, let the ghosts chit chat. Sitting with the ghosts up in my house. Sitting with the ghosts, their mouths are shut. Sitting with the ghosts, they speak through me. Sitting with the ghosts, they holler. Sitting with my ancestors, I hear they're telling me that I'm too smart to let anything worry me, to let anything get the best of me. Uyavuma, what's that kind of panty? what's that kind of panty? Sitting with my ancestors, sitting with my ancestors. Sitting with my hey, let the ghost sitting with my hey, let the ghost sitting with my ancestors, sitting with my ancestors, sitting with my hey, let the ghost, hey, let the ghost. Should I go? I was gonna hit the wall. I was like, you can do it. You can do it. Just go, go, go. How you doing, honey? I've been better. Yeah. I'm glad that we're here and recording <laughs> this episode. Um, as you can hear, my voice is going through a bit of a vacation. Sorry. And it's very apt, actually, that we're going to be talking about language. Ooh. And the voice and the frequencies. So, um, yes, that's how I am. How are you, darling? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having, like... A calmer week. Um, yeah, I've been like thinking about a lot of things mm-hmm. and just like grounding into the body. So just like, okay, okay, what's the way? What's the way? Like, I was told to just like tune in, tune into the body, mm. tune into the guidance. But yeah, tell us. What are we talking about this week? Well, firstly, my name is Palisa. <laughs> Hello, co-host. Hello. My name is Palisa. Yes. Um, my pronouns are they, them. I identify as a queer non-binary person. Yes. And I reside currently on the unceded ancestral lands of the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the Tsleil-Waututh First Nations folks. And I have a lot of gratitude in my heart for having a semblance of a voice to do this. Hmm. Welcome to you and your voice. Yo. <laughs> um, my name is Uvuyo. I am Uvuyo. Um, the Zalwa Gwanyati Nasamanjaneni. Um and I am here um on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squamish and Slavery people as well. I've been here for about six years now. Um and have been honored to be held by this land. Um yeah. Um what uh what i (laughs) i also am non-binary um i use they them pronouns um and i'm queer identifying i like all the peoples 
Um, <laughs> yeah, we heard from the last episode. Yeah. If y'all haven't listened to the last episode, go do yeah. yourself a favor and you listen. listen to it. Get some tea. Listen. And how Will likes to be courted so that if you're ever interested, honey, there's the rule book. It Hit says me instruction up, number one, number two. Well, technically not, right? You want them to kind of fumble over themselves a little bit? If. <laughs> No, hit me up. Listen, like, I watched the episode back, and I was just like, wow, Will, wow. Really? Is this what you're calling in? This indirect energy? Is this what you really want? Is that what you're saying? And I was like, no. No? Okay. Okay. I am calling in my own go get him energy, as well as, like, if you're approaching me, like, step step up with your chest. Chest it out with your chest. Chest first. Come on with your chest, fam. Yeah. Chest first. What are we talking about? We do press first. We do chest first. Yeah. Purse first. Purse first. Purse first, then chest second. Then chest second. Get it. Get it. Yeah. What are we talking about this week? Today we're talking about language and how language is intermingled with ancestral practices Mm -hmm. and like the significance of language, not only for this idea on its own but also for like ourselves and like myself i'm really curious for you um as to how language has played a role in your journey Mm -hmm. um wow like being south african i feel like already language is just such a deep inter interwoven thing into like just how we communicate in general so yeah my journey with language especially Kosa is like some of it I've had to like reclaim and like learn on my own I like went to model C or white schools primarily um even within South Africa um and I feel like most of how I wove in or understood Kosa was just like through being with family but it wasn't like that deep deep you know that deep deep yeah um I didn't get a lot of that and so like when I was like older in like late high school I started like learning how to write in Kosa I wanted to like integrate it into my poetry and into my prayers and like spiritual practices and so I would like go and I would ask like how do I write this how do I say this how do I link more into like yeah into my ancestral language um and it's I feel like it's evolved over time I think I know more now mm-hmm. than I than I did before. Yeah. Um and it's still growing. It's still growing. My understanding is still like um in the evolutionary journey. Mm-hmm. How are you? How about actually I wanna ask how are you doing before I ask <laughs> how your journey with language has evolved. Like I said, I'm alright, I've been better, but I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Just and your voice is coming into Hey the enjoyment. Enjoyment enjoyment had me by the throat. I love it. No jokes. I'm like curious. <laughs> I'm like curious for context for the folks, but no, they don't the need folks, to know. No, folks. I mean, some of the folks who watch this will be like, I remember you <laughs> egging me on, busy screaming and yelling, telling me to twerk my butt off. So yeah. I was out here encouraging people to live their best lives. I'm here for it. I was spreading enjoyment. Yeah. Comes at a interesting, I don't want to say cost, but it cost energy exchange mm-hmm. in any case yeah um language for me has also been very complex i mean i am not just bilingual 
multilingual yes. because I know how to speak at least four or five languages mm-hmm. fluently. Um, which, when I was growing up, wasn't a thing for me. Like, when I moved from Rustenburg with my grandparents, I only spoke Zwana because I lived with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Then when I went home uh, with my immediate family, they were all speaking Zulu and English. And I was like, what are y'all even saying right now? And then I went through the process of learning English at school because I also went to Model C schools or whatever. Um, and it was really interesting to like learn English and then come back home and you're learning like Zulu and you have Tswana and then you go out into the street and you play in the neighborhood with the other kids and somebody's speaking Shalan, there's Song over there, there's Betty over there, Yo. there's this colored person who's speaking Afrikaans over there and it's just like all of these languages as a melting pot and I think the really great thing for me being in South Africa at that very time is like being able to learn the language. Maybe I don't have all of the words for every language, mm-hmm. but I can understand and then respond in my language. And that's what it really ignited in me. It's like, oh wow, language is so important, but like comprehension doesn't overpower or undervalue being able to speak it Actually, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And so even when you were doing these ancestral practices, like some of the things that I found are in Zwana. Mm-hmm. You know, they're Zwana songs. And like you're saying, when you're living in Johannesburg, you get language light, okay? If, if any of you ever went to a maths <laughs> school or school that had two streams of maths, one was maths, one was maths light, or maths literacy, mm-hmm. then you know that the other one, they were cooking with gas. The other ones, they were cooking with the air fryer. So, <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> just know that it's very, very diluted when you're in um, Johannesburg, right? Because you don't mm-hmm. have that authenticity, that like deeply rooted, like even when you were gesturing to your body when you're saying it. It's not even just like, a, oh yeah, the language that, it's like it's deep, man. Mm-hmm. Just all of these words, but like saying them really with your gut and yeah. with your like whole body. And I think that's a really great way to talk about, for me at least, how when I am speaking my language and I am at my altar and I'm talking to my ancestors, yes. talking to them in my language, just just something about it is like, mm. Mm. that's the best way to describe it. Mm. <laughs> you feel it, yeah, mm-hmm. like deep, deep. Mm-hmm. And I still stumble my ass. I'm like, if, if, my, if my grandparents were alive to hear me say this, they would laugh at me. Yo. They would laugh. They would laugh. I mean, they wouldn't laugh. They were really nice, but they would laugh at me. My my grandmother, I feel like similarly, she would be like, maybe I. She used to say so. My my grandmother, she didn't go to school like formal school, um, but she was like a very learned and very wise woman. She was like in the village, and then my mother, like, well, she educated all her kids, um, but my mom, she would like come back and like speak English or like be learning English and then like like stay in English word to my grandmother and she'd be like, Yeah when status close up. Like this is 
this is a, like hey, we're speaking casa here yeah, only. We don't, we don't do that. Yeah, because you know, you like don't go out out there into the the way of learning this new language and then think you're superior. Yeah, mm. we speak casa and we're preserving the language and also you're gonna like show show respect where it's due. So out here flinging out about hey granny yeah we love She's it like, put some respect on it put some respect put, on it put some respect, put some respect on, on, on my name put some respect on my name put some put some put some respect on my name 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 put some respect put some respect put some respect look at us starting a whole album listen i feel like we should start having clips like the uh Tell me, so in your kind of like evolution with language, how has your language informed your relationship um, to the people that you now communicate with here? Like, does does language <clears throat> does you having like multi a multilingual background affect or like affect your communication now in where you're like unilingual essentially <laughs> here in this I think that yes setting. I think it has an effect anyway yeah. I do believe that if I did not have South African friends in Vancouver mm-hmm. then my answer to this question would be very different mm. but because I have South African friends here like when I'm talking to Kitu we're talking in Zona. Yeah. When I'm talking to you, we're doing all of the we're jumping up and down. All of the things. You know? And so I'm 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 still flexing it. I'm still practicing it. Mm-hmm. Now I think that being multilingual has helped me cognitively. Mm-hmm. I think that there's things and ways that I think about language. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so important for me. Like for me, language underpins everything that we do. And language, not only in the word itself, Mm -hmm. but language as in the story that each of these languages actually tell Mm -hmm. with the words Mm -hmm. that they have in them, you know? Yeah. And so being able to have these other languages and then also be in a place where it's just English for the most part, um, it's tough because when I started this process of the ancestral work and like talking and communicating or whatever the case is, I was doing it in English. And I didn't feel, there was a level of shame and guilt in there definitely, you know, to feel like there's something that I have lost here. I haven't preserved some kind of idea Mm -hmm. that I have of ancestors Mm -hmm. who are like this, the way that they paint God, right? Mm-hmm. This like unrelenting, bloody well like instructor who's just gonna smite you and every chance he gets, he's just waiting there like, ooh, do something wrong. <laughs> so he can smite you. Like that's really not the case. So even the ancestors, you know, even when you're thinking about like praying in the language or like talking to them in the language, it's like, for me, it's just a body enhancement. It really enhances my soul mm-hmm. when I do that. And also, I do recognize that I have shamed myself mm-hmm. and internalized in myself this shame of not only not knowing how to speak the language so fluently. And so my blessings are being blocked because I can't ask for them. And so on. it's like, don't be daft, bruh. Don't be daft, okay? Don't be daft. Don't be daft. 
No, duh. no duh. No. Don't be daft, you know. The blessings are yeah. The blessings are never blocked. And never. so for me that's like the fine balance of things. And I don't think it so much has to do with the geographic location. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with mm-hmm. colonization mm-hmm. and assimilation. Yeah. Because even back home, I don't know if before you left or as you were doing your leaving thing, um, there was this thing before I left where people weren't learning their languages. Mm-hmm. People were dismissing them. People are like, I, why am I going to speak in whatever, 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 yeah. when English is the currency yeah. or whatever. English is the international language or yeah. whatever. And it's like, and yeah. And like policing each other's language. Like yes. how our use of grammar. Yes. Very much Overly like. policing each other's use of grammar, you know, because yeah. it's important for you to be the well-spoken one. People always say that to me. Oh, you're so articulate. Oh, you're so articulate. And I'm like, yes, I know. Duh. Hello. I hear myself talk all the time. But also it's like, what are you trying to say with that? You know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wonder, like, is it me who is putting the negative meaning in that person saying I'm articulate or is it just the context of our society that makes me feel that way? Because sometimes when people say I'm articulate, I'm like, damn straight, bitch. Yes. What were you expecting? <laughs> it depends on the context. Have you seen Here me? people Please. say, hey, you're so articulate. Mm. And you're like, yeah. No shit, Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Back home, people say, you're so articulate. And you're like... Because back home, they're like, oh, you're trying to be fancy. Like, Zenza. Zenza, no, no. Zenza, no, no. It's almost an insult. There's this, like, I don't know if you ever felt that as, like, when you were younger, being, like, we actually talked about this in our very first episode of, like, how people view, ooh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe this, um, but we were talking about how the use of language or people, like, se- like, separating or ostracizing you for, like, having a specific command of the English language or, like, mm. maybe feeling slightly separate from people and how you speak or like people judging you for like using too much slang or too mm. much english or like rolling your r's yeah. or like that whole situation yeah 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 that, yeah yeah, yeah, my like, yeah like oh my god yeah you would be like you yeah oh my god people are wild out here but i think who was it i think it was sam who said to me like that because and i don't know what conversation we're having and this is not a new concept but people are always looking for an in-group. Mm-hmm. People are always looking to belong. Mm-hmm. And the way that we've been socialized is that the best way to belong is to ostracize somebody else. And so if you can pick out why that person is not meant to be here, then these other people who you're trying to quote-unquote impress, if they get impressed by that, they're already on your quote-unquote side, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think this is something that we do subconsciously as especially as kids you know like I got I got bullied for a variety of things but definitely for the way that I sounded you know because but if you think about my primary school those were all British teachers those were all white British teachers that were in South Africa Mm -hmm. teaching the children Mm -hmm. and so all of my class class ask ask all of this little bullshit that people used to egg me on about you know it's like now that I'm here 
I'm able to attribute it to colonization and assimilation and all of these other things. But before, it just felt like a part of me Mm -hmm. that was trying to be something that I wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was like double code switching for some random reason. However, what about you? Has been Because you asked me the question about living in a uni-monolingual, living in a monolingual society. How has that been for you? Um, knowing that you come from a... Are you bilingual or multilingual? Multi. Multilingual. Multi. Um, yeah. I, I... I think language, or, like, the way that I use language has, like, shifted in terms of, like, how frequently I'm accessing different, mm. like, yeah, different ways of, like, communicating. Um yeah i think but i don't i don't think i've lost particular language skills i think the frequency my thought happens in english primarily Mm. which is what i noticed um but i think how i communicate and the way that i communicate with say you or gitu like i'm still grasping and understanding multiple languages today just because of having been raised in south africa but i don't think that it's i don't think that living here has shifted how I communicate drastically so um but there's definitely some words where I'm like you're gonna <laughs> how do you say this mm-hmm. even that I'm like mm, uh, yeah and I'm like okay let me actually I think getting back into the practice of like just communicating more um I think yeah I think it grounds it grounds language yeah just in like habitual language mm-hmm. um yeah yeah I was even thinking about like you know talking about spiritual practices really is like when I started um, I started meditating and then shortly after that when you're like on YouTube going through all these guided meditations it'll start to give you suggestions and one of the suggestions was mantras mm. and to start chanting man- uh, um, mantras right mm. and so then I got into chanting mantras, which are obviously in Sanskrit, I think, in the ones that I was chanting. Um, and obviously, that's a whole other language that I don't know. I have zero grasp of it, right? Mm-hmm. But the frequency of the words, mm-hmm. like, you can feel them. This is also what a lot of people say with music. It's like, I might not know what it is that they're saying, but I can feel the energy, can feel the vibe you know Mm. and so I wonder how that influences or affects the way that we think we're communicating or connecting to our ancestors because just because it doesn't mean that your intention is going to be heard and translated into that thing and so I think that I because I've been thinking about this a lot um and I think even for me I'm giving myself the reassurance that like intention is really the place to start Absolutely. with this whole language thing Absolutely. and then going into like you know which is the stars you know like that's just like you know ways of feeling um but like I was saying it's just a feeling but yeah I'm going to ramble on something else now but it's just that it's like being able to connect back to the intention of things as well I think, yeah, like, we may have, like, touched on this briefly, but, 
like the language that you currently use to pray primarily what what is that Zona. yeah yeah and then how how does that like yeah i mean we touched on this earlier on but like how does that inform how you feel and conjure up and the like the strength and the faith behind your words as you're speaking it Mm, I don't know, really. Do you feel like there's a weaving in in terms of like feeling and sensation when you're speaking in your Inzwana versus English? Yes. And that's in and outside of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, when I speak Zwana, it's great. Even if I'm called Zulu, like it's great. Just not speaking English. Is fantastic. There's a different. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a different feeling to it. Um, that yeah, there's just a different feeling to it. It feels, it feels more wholesome. It feels like I'm speaking through the earth. You know, it just feels like oh, I've got a grasp on the beauty, the joy, the funny, the humor. It's not so dry. It's so colorful, you know? Mm-hmm. When you're talking about cabbage, cabbage, listen to that. Cabbage. Like, you don't even... What are you... Come Give me on. That truth. Give and then listen to cabbage. 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 Please. Okay? There's definitely a visceral reaction. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's so fun. Like, yeah, like the words just, they're also like, you get to use so much more of your own. And like, if, yeah, if like voice and language and sound is frequency, the amount of movement that occurs just in the way that we use our mm-hmm. mouths and like emote and like invoke sound is so there's some medicine in there that I'm like wow mm-hmm. that I feel like we don't get to tap into because there's certain like also like parts of the mouth that I get to use versus when I'm speaking English like yeah. most of English happens in the front of the mouth yeah it doesn't actually invoke it like invoke like my chest i don't mm. feel the language like i don't feel like i speak in my body as much mm. like, like there's definitely like a like a, a drastic difference actually in terms mm. of like how i use my vocal cords my chest my whole body and how i emote when i'm speaking yeah. in Corsa versus when i'm speaking in english yeah it's very interesting i feel that it's even like teaching folks how to say the how to make this clicking sound like Corsa yeah. or like Corsa. people yeah. are like which is really cute and endearing so like I'm not mocking people but like you actually see exactly what you're saying yeah. is because they don't understand how to yeah. suck the air out of your mouth and not be pulling in but to be actually going outwards when you're saying certain words and it's yeah. like it really is gymnastics it's gymnastics it's really professional chest, speaking the, yeah yeah actually it helped me beatbox I feel like speaking oh, yeah? also helped me like get some Hey, hey, I feel like the use, yeah, the use of my, the way that I use my, my facial muscles, muscles, lol. Um, 
Blend is on muscles. Yeah, not the English um, word. Being like, I can make it to the back of your mouth too, honey. Mm. Um, um, yeah. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you the question that you asked me because I'm curious. What language do you predominantly pray in or do your spiritual work in? I speak mostly in Kosa, but I notice that I have to think sometimes in English mm. which really like made me sad for a long time mm. but also like recognizing that that is that has been the nature of colonization and what that looked like yeah for me and the process of like relearning or unlearning or re- shifting that is one that is it's a slow process yeah um and also because i use language so much i think that's when i when i speak about like living in a monolingual society most of the most of my thoughts now occur in english um i have to like actively think in Kosa and like translating oh, like i mean yeah. Oh, yeah like i'm also like not maybe i'm not actually thinking as much as i think i am but um but yeah, like I have to consciously think of prayer and like certain pull certain words from my English vocabulary and say them intentionally into Kosa, like Bandi Okay, I'm when I'm thinking of saying, um, maybe I wanna come up with an example, like I be maybe I'm saying a, an ancestral prayer mm-hmm. or a song or like reciting a story that my grandmother might have recited and the words will come I'll try to be I'll try to say like a rabbit or something mm-hmm. there's like a story about a rabbit and a hare that my mom used to like tell us when we were kids mm-hmm. and my grandmother would like recite this to her mm-hmm. and I have to like they would just say it as is and in my mind it's like translated into English mm-hmm. like there's like a wolf and these like ujagalashes or they yeah and, <laughs> and so like my mom would like tell the story to me as a child and because I was going to predominantly white schools I would think in English yeah. and visualize in English sometimes um and now it's the process of like speaking in Kosa and bringing it back mm. into what it naturally is. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like reclamation is like an interesting process. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. You did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I pray primarily in in Kosa. I speak to my grandmother in Kosa. Um, but when I'm like, yeah, when I'm doing a walking prayer, it's it's usually in English. I'm like, I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> God. But yeah, when I'm sitting down and I'm like doing in ritual, I'm speaking in Kosa and intentionally mm-hmm. speaking in Kosa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's like a deep connection in there. Yeah. 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 Oh, darling. <laughs> oh, darling. My voice survived. It did. Yes, um, loud and clear this is the um, part of our podcast where we do the quirky south african thing what is your quirky south african um, thing my quirky south african it's not a quirky south african thing it's one of my favorite south african songs right now i'm a piano song as well yeah. um why is my brain like this um it's it I'm a piano song because of the things that it has in it. But it's a song by Casper Casper Nyovest. Oh, it's 
Nubani, Siatandana, Siatandana, I think it's called Siatandana. Oh. And it's, um, ah, Tini, um, uh, oh, I have the words, but I don't have the melody. Um, Mpemutu, Anketemutu, eh, Mpemutu, Anketemutu. Something about like it's, a, it's about love. It's mm. about love, but it's like this song. They've I think they've done another rendition of a like an old South African song. Give me a lover, let them make me a like translating. Yes, yes. Give me, give a, me lover, a lover let and let them a, make me a person. A person. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's a great song. It's a great song. What's wow. yours? I thought I thought your 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 jam would be those girls. That was um, last week. That was last week. Yeah. Um, we moved swiftly with the time. Very, very swiftly. <laughs> um, my quirky South African thing for this week would be the housewarming gift that Kitu uh, got for me, actually, from the South African store, Ioros. <laughs> Y'all don't know nothing about Oros. Y'all don't know nothing oh, about Oros. Oh, oh, you know, oh, like, oh, Oros. the bottle says 8% orange flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's in the rest of that thing. But it's banging. It's, it's so... mostly sugar. It's like orange flavoring it's something. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like the mist of orange once you've peeled an orange that whatever stays in the air that's what they flavor it with yeah well, it's, it's great though it's phenomenal and i don't know what the rest of it is made of because it, it says eight percent orange <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm like i just i have questions but also it's just a part of my childhood and so yeah. i'm just gonna happily consume it and not ask <sighs> but like auras like the different flavors, but my mango, nachi. Mango. Lemon. Naki. Passion fruit. I remember that advert. I miss it. Yo. Oh, 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 Ross. Mango. Naki. Passion fruit. Lemon. saying yesterday that was with that ads and essay or slap Nuggets. they really are good they really put in yeah. the effort they really did wow all right thank you well oh. thank you for another wonderful episode oh, everybody we will see you next week for another awesome episode of the Bonola podcast i have been one of your co-hosts Kalisa. and i have been your other co-host vuyo and We'll see ya. Bye.